You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Slava Antipenko, Christian Halvorsen and Yedija Newman to discuss creativity versus reality. Before we get into the podcast topic in a bit more detail, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So Slava, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, hi all. So um, nice to meet you. And uh, yeah, my full name is Vyacheslav actually, but, uh, but friends call me Slava, so it's uh, all welcome here as well. Uh, uh, I'm uh, head of uh, IoT department at Tele Estonia, actually, uh, been part of the team for, for about uh, five and a half years, uh, been part of Telia for a bit more than seven years, actually, so so a short of uh, career birth there. Uh, in terms of uh, maybe pets, <laughs> as it was mentioned previously, then uh, I currently have uh, a cat. But uh, I do like all, uh, love all of the pets. It's just that uh, with the cats, it's less of a hassle. So uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> nice, lovely. Christian, would you like to introduce yourself next? Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, my name is Christian. Uh, I am an engineer by education, uh, but got bored of the traditional ways of engineers. So I left a big organization and joined a small startup. And now we are stock listed and I'm CTO and there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I tend to be the one who says no in the organization. That's because I'm uh, critical and <laughs> engineering like, if, if you could say it. Uh, but I do actually really value creativity and try to foster it and being part of it. So I'm excited to share my pragmatic approach to creativity here. And then I guess uh, spare time, I, I love skiing and I drink whiskey. Generally not at the same time. I think I've made that joke before on the podcast, if you're listening. Um, but uh, and yeah, uh, I don't like Christmas. That's me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like that needs to be a whole other <laughs> podcast in itself, to be honest. <laughs> nice. Um, and last but not least, Yedija. Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Yedija. Um, I do like Christmas. <laughs> Just to start off with that, I think uh, is one of the important things to mention here. Um, I am a game director at Tactile in Copenhagen, um, currently responsible for Lily's Garden. Um, I am originally from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, uh, but I've worked all over Europe in uh, different companies. Um, I've been with Tactile for about a year now, um, and my original background is in writing, first for the theatre, um, and then uh, through interactive theater, I uh, slowly moved towards uh, gaming and narrative design, and that uh, led me to where I am now. Cool. Lovely, nice. Um, so now that we've all gotten to know you all a bit better, we will move on to the topic in focus. So you've all brought a question or a statement on creativity versus reality. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room where you can ask each of your questions and give your thoughts. So I thought probably one of the best ones to start with would be yours, Yedija, where you asked, how do you define creativity? Is it possible to be to creatively think about what we can be deemed or made creative to help the creative juices flow? So tell us a bit more about your question and your thoughts. Um, well, what I find interesting, I, I mean, as my background is is firmly in the uh, in the arts, um, I am used to um, the word creative always being applicable to what I do. Um, but we use the word in so many other ways. Um, like if something, um, if, if there's a problem, uh, we will say like, 
let's find a creative solution for that, where the word creative is then not exactly the same thing as, uh, let's say, creating something new in the arts <laughs> department. Um, and um, I think, to me at least, that that more broader definition of what creativity actually is, um, I think is key to the issue that we're talking about today, about the creativity versus reality. Like if you know how to define creativity within different roles within your company, uh, within different problems and solutions, um, I think that could be a way in to, to keep the creative juices flowing. But like I said, because my background is so firmly in that creative sector, um, I would be really interested to hear from the other guests, like how they define creativity within their company and their roles and how they apply it. Mm, yeah, I would love to to give my perspective on that. Uh, I think it's a great question. It's it's a good place to start here. I, I think it's like creativity in a vacuum is a, is a dangerous you know term or approach, as you're saying, and, and kind of labeling everything that's a little wacky or different or whatever it is is creative and therefore we approach it in the same way i think is a is a dangerous path and um, it's it's very much as a lot of other terms in context to whatever we're doing and therefore also you know if we want a creative solution for our engineering problem or the way we process data or collect it we can't you know make it up or, or <laughs> pull it out of a hat that's just not feasible so i think creativity goes together with a lot of you know what's the practicalities what's the what's the you know, setting we are trying to trying to solve or apply, and then we start working with creativity as uh, in the frame of whatever it is. I've seen a lot of um, creativity gone wild, where you know, as long as we can throw a hundred ideas on a whiteboard, and you know, this is a startup, right? So remember, there's a lot of creative people and not as many executors at times. Then we just drown in ideas or wacky suggestions, and that's a uh, that, that's where creativity can become negative or dangerous, um, which which is which is also part of the definition, right? It depends on the context and if it's necessary. Uh, let let me drive in from from slightly a bit other perspective. Uh, what what's the opposite of creativity? I mean, if 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 we want to define uh, creativity versus reality, uh, what is creativity? What is reality, right? So basically, you could you could say that everything around us has uh, has been thought up by somebody or or something. So it, it, it evolved during some kind of, of, crea of creative uh, process, right? It's not like, uh, of course, we, 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 we have uh, situations where we do have to think of something that we have a situation and then eventually we, we create something. But is it creativity or is it forced creativity or is it a must? I mean, the, the mm -hmm. line there is actually very, very uh, uh, vague for me, at least, because uh, I, I personally don't really imagine my, uh, myself without pondering over the life of whatever happens. I, I really want to understand why it's happening, why it's happening in the way it is happening and what, what, would, what, uh, what could we do to alter it or, or what would happen if, if, if we, uh, uh, in this scenario, do something differently. So, I mean, uh, I, I personally can't really define what, what actually creativity means. It's just... Uh, it's just a meaning of life, maybe, or or some kind of a search for purpose <laughs> continuously. <laughs> just just being curious around around things and and not uh, uh, not undressing them as as they are on a regular basis. I I really like that you mentioned being curious. I think mm. that is that is something that is definitely key to creativity because 
um, when you're curious about how things work and how they could work, um, that means that you're taking a step further in how to think about things. And like when you mentioned, like, what's the opposite of creativity? For me, um, well, I'm, <laughs> I won't say it's the exact opposite, but the first thing I, I was thinking about was like, boring because in a workplace as well if you have a workplace without creativity that means that everybody is stuck in the same rut mm. and and that means that um new ideas probably don't come to the surface but when you stay curious about what you're doing even if it's the same thing that you might have been doing for years but you keep on being curious about but like why are we doing it like this mm. Um, that is definitely something that could drive your creativity within a company. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, have, I have, you know, now that you said curiosity and all that, I almost start thinking of, again, this is the engineer joining in, but we can look at it at the, at the, at the process, right? Where there's some kind of input and then there's a catalyst and then there's a result, which is creativity. And, you know, people being curious, the right kind of, you know, having that explorative background, the knowledge that can kick off something that could be the different inputs we have for creativity as a process. And then the catalyst is the environment also, as you say, the workspace, whatever that allows and fosters and acknowledge and, you know, celebrates uh, these actions or strangles them as we sometimes see in some organizations, right? So it's a whole, you know, I, I hope the artist here is not getting offended that I try to apply engineering terms to, to creativity. But, uh, but you know, you could look at it a little bit of there's a lot of factors that play into it, both inputs of the people, but also what motivates and drives it. And then the output could be the creativity, the, the results that we can use for something, right? So if we come back to the question, how do we define creativity, then I suppose we, we all more or less agree that uh, curiosity is, is part of, of uh, the creativity process. And uh, more or less, uh, everything of creativity is underlying each of e each of our like moves. But uh, probably uh, you would also agree that uh, uh, there is some kind of a sensible limit to to being creative, right? <laughs> mm. Because you 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 want to create something, or or you want, your product needs to be uh, well accepted by other peers as well. So you can't like create over extensively. So where, where, where do you think, where do we draw the line then uh, with, within the reasonable, reasonable level of creativity and, and going over the edge? I think that that um, might vary within every company or work environment or creative environment, to be honest, because like, I mean, in, in the gaming industry, um, your creative space is often just basically limited by time and money. I mean, that will be the case in a lot of other <laughs> companies, obviously, as well. But that's, for the game industry, that's extremely clear. Like, you start out thinking up stuff that you might think, okay, this is never, <laughs> this is never going to happen, but let's start here, think broad. And then eventually, um, it mostly will get cut off um, organically, I would say, because those limits are so clear. And Obviously, sometimes it can go wrong because sometimes the cutoff isn't clear and then it turns out you've done a lot of work, um, which <laughs> you weren't supposed to do. Um, or you take a chance and it doesn't work out. I mean, that is, I think, but that's a whole different discussion, but that's also one of the things of creating stuff. Um, mm. you, you need to sometimes take a chance, I guess, I guess but in 
in general, I would say that if the the workflow within your company is set up the right way, um, it will be quite clear, even if you haven't really defined it, where the creativity ends. Um, I, I'm not sure if like when you're working in a startup, if you might have issues with that, <laughs> just because it's a startup. I can I can imagine that it, it might be um, a bit further from exactly knowing where to cut off, but at least in my experience for more established companies or products, it's, yeah, sort of organically. Yeah, I think, I think to answer the whole startup thing and, and that I, I agree, I think it's more of a, if there's, as you say, not the right processes set around it. And that's also sometimes a startup, whether or not that's uh, on purpose or just lacking maturity or, you know, having to change focus and all that stuff. But a startup is notorious for pivoting and changing and being creative, as we, we could say. Um, and a lot of the people who start out a company in that direction has those traits, right? Uh, that's otherwise you would not break from the norm and do different and all that stuff, right? The curiosity to do something else, breaking the rules. Uh, but then at some point that has to change. And sometimes it's an uncomfortable situation where co-founder has to leave or disagrees. And other times it's an organization that's built, uh, matures and learns, develops with it. Um, and then, yes, at times, too much, too many ideas is a problem. Uh, but I think also what I've seen is if we don't have a hundred ideas, we won't get the one good one. Uh, so we need that surplus of input and madness and weird uh, kickoffs and something that won't realize. And th those need to be processed and follow through. We have a lot, as I imagine, with the gaming industry as well, you know, ideation and MVPs and, you know, kind of get something out there, test to see if it happens and kill it if it doesn't work. And that's an efficient organization that does a lot of follow through, but make sure to not do it if it doesn't make sense, right? And that's also part of it. And without those creative inputs, not, not, none of that would uh, would really flow. Okay. Uh, what I wanted maybe to ask both of you, since, since we're all in quite kind of different uh, sectors, uh, my background currently is, let's say, in a more defined enterprise already, which has been on the market for a couple mm. of decades. So, but but the area which uh, which I'm operating in IoT, we're kind of yeah, similarly like building a startup, but within the enterprise. And the problems that we are like tackling, besides the regular stop startup problems, are the the sort of uh, like constraints that comes come with the, with the big enterprises. And um, and. Yes, there are uh, some pros and some cons and so on. But what I uh, what I was thinking, uh, referring to maybe your experiences, uh, uh, what what personally maybe uh, in the in the gaming industry do you prefer like function over form or vice versa or or how do you create that? As you, as you mentioned, <laughs> the, the 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 sky is the limit in terms of in terms of uh, games and and creativity. Uh, well, in terms of us, it's not only the sky's the limit, but we need to be at some point profitable as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, same goes for the gaming industry. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that well. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I think it I mean, I think it's different depending on which part of the gaming industry you're in, um, because there are vastly uh, different companies working in different realms that have a bigger or um, smaller need in terms of viability, earning money, uh, things like that. Um, like I've worked for small indie companies where 
um, it was easier to just uh, deviate from the norm because there was funding um, and the funding was especially for the creative part and the out of the box thinking, mm. um, which makes it easier because then even though you obviously still want your game to be successful and make money, you can take a chance because you know it's properly funded and the aim is to, to develop an experience that is um, special. And if that means that you will appeal to a smaller audience, then that's fine. Um, which is obviously very different from um, what I'm doing currently, which is working in the mobile realm and then especially the mobile free to play realm is, um, I mean, it's all about making money, obviously, because <laughs> it starts out as free to play. So you need to make sure that your monetization works. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be creative. Um, I think especially um, at Tactile, where I'm currently working, uh, the balance between um, being creative and pushing the boundaries in creating something interesting um, and um, the monetization, on the other hand, um, that balance is perfect. There is a lot of room to be creative um, as long as you don't upset the monetization, I would say. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but I, for instance, like I work on a game that has been established for over a couple of years. It's doing well. You want to constantly improve um, and there's room to improve and there's also room to fail in that. So you can try something out um, on a smaller scale if it doesn't work. Um, then you can just quit doing that or change it up because there's already that steady stream. Um, but obviously when you start out making a new game, um, it's going to be dif difficult. Um, but if you, I think if you don't push the boundaries, um, you most likely end up with something that won't be successful enough either because you see that a lot, especially in the mobile gaming realm where there's companies who think, or we'll just copy whatever is successful and that will work. And sure, sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't um, mm. because it lacks that creativity that's in there, um, thankfully, <laughs> because otherwise uh, our work would be uh, quite uh, <laughs> devaluated. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that answers your question. It's a long, long answer, but... <laughs> Sort of, sort of. Uh, uh, Christian, what, what, what projects do you do you create actually? Uh, so we have a, it's basically a search engine where large organizations can find smaller startups uh, for innovation processes. So there's actually a creativity problem or element there as well. Um, and of course we have limitations on what we can build, but also there's other companies, just like the mobile games, there's other companies doing other things in our space. And if we don't push the boundaries and, you know, we're working on some hopefully revolutionary projects in the next one to three years. If we don't do that and spend a lot of money and, you know, waste some time and go in weird paths, paths, we won't become, you know, successful in that way because, you know, we need to grow, we need to have the next cash power, wherever we call it, but you need that to be fueled by some creativity in the beginning. And I think for all of us, we have this weird struggle between the long and short term challenges. Uh, so it's, it's like if there's a short term gain required or there's a long term funding that allows it and that kind of plays constantly in between each other. But from, from a more practical point, I also see the whole issue with, you know, the team and the people, how they can foster it or realize it. Uh, it it's a it's a lot of, it, for me, it's, I approach this, and I think if we go to my question at some point, it's a lot of a people 
issue uh, that, or, you know, focus for my as well. It's like you can create the environment, but if your people is not able to foster it, then you won't go anywhere. Well, we'll get into your question now then, Christian. So you oh. asked, how do you foster and incentivize raw creativity from your team and colleagues in your daily work? And what approach do you take to turn that creativity into a reality that ultimately will benefit the challenge at hand without losing focus on the overall strategy? So tell us a bit more about your question. Thank you. And I'm happy I can get in my way. It's much appreciated. Um, no, but I, I, and that's again what I just alluded at. It's... Uh, it is a challenge because I find myself either in a situation with, you know, a bunch of our, you know, the entrepreneurial people in the company, I'm the naysayer and I have to push stuff away and say, we can't do it. And no AI can solve that problem and not that problem and all those typical questions. And then in the other camp, I sit with our development team and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky if they answer my question, uh, let alone come up with ideas, right? Or of course they have ideas, but that's a different kind of, let's foster it, let's bring it out there. You know, it's comfortable to share ideas, it's good. And then of course, the second part of my question comes down to um, ideas and creativity has an, you know, a need to deviate from an overall strategy. But then there's also, you can't deviate too much because then you, you know, start selling watches instead of, you know, making cheese or whatever. Uh, not that we do neither and we shouldn't, but, but that's, that's that's part of the challenge here, right? And that's um, that's where I sometimes struggle with how far should we let it go? If I say no to the entrepreneurial people, am I destroying the process and not allowing it to foster just because I don't want to see these wasted hours and I have my tangible problems? Or if I sit with you know a more introverted team, what do I do uh, to 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 foster that? Or is it relevant, right? So that's part of my you know more philosophical issues when it comes to creativity in, in our organization. So I want to hear the panelists about that. Uh, well, in our case, I, I believe it's uh, it's a bit more uh, constrained due to the necessity of being uh, uh, let's say profitable at, at at one point, right? So in terms of IoT, we we've been thinking, we've been testing like lots of lots of use cases and and things and. And uh, over the past uh, five years, we have tested like maybe maybe even over a hundred different devices and, and different use cases. But <laughs> eventually, uh, eventually, what what survives is uh, is the is the necessity that comes from the customer. So our our like creativity uh, process or or, or or the necessity is is kind of combined, mm. and that's why I think that uh, maybe perhaps in our case it's a bit easier. So it's not like the sky is the limit. It's a bit of constraint with the sector we're in and and the necessity that we or the problem that we are actually targeting. Uh, so so yeah, that's uh, in our case a bit maybe easier. <laughs> Well, I I think that maybe that is the way to always approach it, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, you say it makes it easier for us, but why not use that for, um, let's say, less restrained products as well? Um, the way I like to handle this is um, to be very open about the creative process and um, trying mm -hmm. to get everybody to to. Um, be as creative as they can, um, but at the same time, um, keep the goals that we have clearly in the back of my mind. Make sure that those goals are clear for everybody, because the nice thing about that is that it will allow you to then um, um, put the creative ideas and the goals next to each other, and then like mm. compare them and be like, okay, um, this idea is really nice. Now, how does it compare to where we want to be? Does it aid this or doesn't it aid? And if it doesn't, 
um, is it actually something that will improve our goal or like make it change course for the better or not? Uh, because obviously you don't have to always stick to the defined goals. There can right. be something that has been defined where you're like, okay, but this actually moves us in another direction. Um, but I think if you have that clear, um, it's easier to make people think creatively about what they're do, doing and why they're doing it. And um, I personally really like supporting the team by not always giving them all the answers up front, but being like, okay, um, you solve this. Or I think we could do it like that, but I also think it could be better. So yeah. if <laughs> if you have time to think about how we can do this better, please do and get back to me. And then we'll see if that works for mm -hmm. the goal that we have. Um, so setting those boundaries um, gives you an easier way to eventually maybe say no to an idea. Because saying no is always hard, especially if, if you don't want to crush people's uh, <laughs> ideas and, and crush their... Um, well, crush their creativity and, and, yeah. and um, make them not enjoy what they're doing anymore. But yeah, this that in that way, setting those boundaries um, for me, that is a way to to do it. And I think that that most of the time that works really well. Mm, that's some that's some great answers. And if, if I have one thought that shows up now from this, uh, which I I always hate when that shows up, but I want to position the question. It's a great introduction to my question. Um, but the but I, I hear those like, oh, but this is a creative person, so we listen. Or you know, I am not creative, so you know, don't don't expect me to come up with ideas. And and my question is, is that a personality trait we should you know for one respect or listen to or have direct, or is it you know a bad word uh, for 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 not being you know we shouldn't put people into boxes that they're creative or not. It depends on the situation and the field and the applications. Like I wanted to be the latter, but I also see very much that there's a few people around the table in our organization and others that sit with all the ideas and come up with them and throw them at the wall. And then other people naturally gravitate to execute on them. Um, and that's not very representative of, you know, the, the, the overall minds and all that. So I don't want it to be, but I also kind of see it. So, so, like, so is it true? And, and what can we do about it? I think that that has to do with that definition of creativity again. Oh yeah. Um, I if if I was in a position like that, I would try to um, talk to the people who are not coming up with the ideas um, and address them as being an expert. So instead of talking about creativity, which is sometimes really scary for people, also because again, creativity is often a word that is associated with like art, writing, anything that that is more in that realm. Um, oh, artsy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and some people might find that a bit scary, but when you go to somebody and be like, okay, but you're an expert in this particular field. Tell me, what do you think about this? Are we doing this the right way? Do you have another idea maybe? Hmm. Um, that I find that that often um, get some more ideas out of people who would not naturally speak up in a brainstorm session um, and then just using using their expertise and forming that into actual creativity that can work from my perspective um, in in terms of me what what i do usually is that 
no matter what's the topic, uh, we tend to discuss everything within the team. So I, I'd like to hear everyone's uh, ideas or responses or, or, or thoughts whatsoever, even if it's not related to, to his or hers role or, or knowledge. It's even occasionally much, much better or much more refreshing to hear something from from a standby uh, because uh, they might have a, a totally different perspective on, on the question. And it actually tends to work much more uh, in a much more better way than than to speak only with the people who, who understand the topic and, and know what to do. Uh, so that's that's my approach personally. I like those answers. <laughs> Nice, lovely. And Slava, we'll come on to your question now. Um, and you asked, why is it important to stay creative and what are the pros and cons? Tell us a bit more about yours. Yeah, we kind of uh, addressed this at, uh, at the very start already, actually, because um, I personally feel that uh, creativity in, in one form or another is actually uh, in everybody's life already present. It's just that uh, if you maybe don't uh, understand it in this way, then you might not uh, not even understand that it's present. <laughs> it's it, it's it's uh, it comes down to the maybe even basic uh, basic uh, questions like what do I eat or what do I wear? Actually, it starts from that. <laughs> it's, mm. It may be very simple and very plain, but uh, if you think of it, then then it's it's the most basic form, and it's up to each other person uh, to to decide up to which level they, they express their creativity. Yes, uh, uh, in some cases, there are people who are more expressive or more extroverted, right? It, when it comes to like simply talking or, or, or choosing. So it's, it's more like more natural to them. To them. But uh, if, you, if you listen to the maybe techni tech technical people, then they're similarly creative. They're just not, uh, not so uh, expressive about it. And, and therefore, it's, 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 even, it's even better to talk with them and to, to have their insights. And therefore, I, I believe that it's uh, actually not simply important, but we, we, we must acknowledge that we are already creative. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that question, and it it brings us down as we touched a little bit, but yeah, it brings us down to that whole you know foundation for it, and and I think kind of touch on that it shouldn't be labeled in that way. Uh, it's more of a you know it's a, it's a natural behavior we need to ensure is in the room or that everybody brings, but it also has its challenges in the way that it becomes a a madhouse of uh, ideas that that overwhelms uh, and. And again, you know, I'm representing the startup perspective or scale up or whatever we call ourselves. But sometimes it can be, you know, I have to bring a fly swatter into the office and whack, whack away ideas. And no, we can't do that and this and the other because we have a, a foundational focus. And, you know, please be creative about the problems at hand and all that. So so I think a big part of the challenges uh, with that is, you know, can we direct it or challenge, challenge, channel it into where it, you know, has the biggest benefit, just as energy or anything else that we come with. Um, yeah. And, and can you can you tell me a bit more about how you do that? Because I find that really interesting, especially in in your situation where you have, I assume, a lot of people who are sort of equal in how much they <laughs> they can and will say. Mm. Um, like, do you create smaller groups, discuss things? Do you set boundaries for like who can speak about what? And how how do you how do you Work with that. I tend to find the word no very helpful, um, <laughs> but <laughs> jokes aside, it, it's 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 a little bit of you know I think the the main element because I 
in the beginning and especially when we were super overwhelmed everybody is all the time so i'm not going to pretend that we are, we're the only people in, in startups but before we got the funding and the people in and when i was still making coffee and fixing the printer as well uh, at that point it was I, I tried to be you know shut up stupid ideas get away um but it, it just pushes the problems in an, ahead of you it becomes a you know burden or a challenge and people get frustrated because they're not listened to so i think communication ends up being you know the best solution for me is kind of okay let's let's talk this through um instead of saying no it's not possible or let's wait for next year let's say okay we could do it but for one what should we not do and uh, these are the challenges and these are the inputs and sometimes i become a little cheeky and turn it around and say yeah we could label our data but you need to tell me how we should label it or you know what labels you want and then it's like oh, okay it's a bigger challenge or there's more or people actually come and join with that right so it's one of those where people's creativity is not very useful if they don't have the full picture um, so so a lot of that is okay let's put the right people in the right room you said smaller groups i think that's my realization i'm coming to now that you know put the right people together have them brainstorm and run with it and see what comes up um, and maybe something fruitful shows out or show, uh, comes out or at least we get it cleared and people don't have that frustration or the customer's answer or question can be answered with yeah we would love to do it but you know we have other challenges or whatever and um, i think that's part of the approach so if uh, if we if we'd like to foster some kind of level of creativity then we at first would need to throw out some topic right a direction in in, in mm. which direction we want to move or what the, what problem are we are we are we tackling and then we can bring the bring uh, bring all the ideas to the table how to solve it and then you come in <laughs> no this is not an option and, <laughs> and no this is this will be doing next quarter and so on Mm. Yeah, we need a playing field, right? And yeah. that's that yeah. helps. It helps direct and motivate. It's also difficult to say we need to make money. Anyone got any ideas? You know, there's a lot of bad ideas <laughs> we shouldn't talk about. But let's let's start by you know focusing in on our strategy and all the other stuff. And so there's a lot of there's a playing field. There's the tools. There's the frameworks. There's the feasibility, right? Um, we all have something our organizations are good at. We have a market, we have potential, we have some some trends we're seeing or whatever. Let's focus on that. And then within that playing field, let's, let's build up some, some way to explore it. Perhaps, uh, perhaps the, if, we, if we take it on the individual level, uh, then the ability to visualize or, or create in its mind multi-level like new objects defines actually the, the level of creativity. If, if it's, it's much easier when we give out a topic or a problem then we can all tackle this one but if if you think about how to create something from scratch it's mm. not so easy uh i i had um, let's say an interesting experience a few years back when when a when a friend of mine just offered me let's go and do some graffiti for the first time mm. and he he had he had done it previously sometimes and he said just sketch something at first on the on the paper and and then we'll draw it on the wall and then you can only fill it in with 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 uh, uh, with the colors and so on and i was looking at the, the, the paper my mind blank and was like what do i need to do now mm. <laughs> but it's it's kind of constrained me to one problem and then once i've uh, like gave the seeds to my mind i started to think what could i be uh, creating without uh, without maybe some constraints or or with with the field open as the world is today we we kind of maybe even be lost and only the strongest in terms of creativity can can uh, can thrive and, and create uh, startups or, or art or music and so on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're totally right with that. I think often um, when we set 
at least a couple of boundaries or goals, it makes it easier to focus on the creativity. And then again, I we don't have the saying of thinking outside of the box for nothing. It's like you need the box then to be able to think outside of it, <laughs> yeah. basically. And I think that what, what you mentioned about like staring at that blank paper, um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that um, like artists, like the big artists in, 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 in visual arts and, and whatever other kind of art that are creating works from scratch, um, they might not have constraints or specific boundaries, um, but at the same time, they, they do create their own topic because they feel something inside that they want to tell. So they have a story to tell. They have something they feel really strongly about that they move inside of their art. Um, or they might have a specific product that they want to try out or work with. So they still have a goal. Um, it's not as if any artist can be like, oh yeah, just give me a piece of paper and I'll do something. Yeah, sure, they can doodle. But I mean, <laughs> mm. so that that the fact that, that you look at that white paper and are like, oh, I don't have it in context. I'm not sure what to do. Um, I think everybody who creates something starts from some kind of goal and whether that's a goal that comes from the company that they work in uh, or that goal comes from within themselves. That is always the thing that drives us in any creativity. So yeah, you, yeah. you need something like that for sure. I uh, I got thinking uh, and it's like there's a part of the goal and all that, but there's also the whole experience and knowledge and understanding, right? That if we don't yeah. have the foundation, I think it, it was Picasso, right? Who said that good artists borrow and, and great artists steal, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Yes. Um, and and that's a, I, I think our designers love to say that around here when we say, but isn't that, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so so in that way, it's also part of, you know, creativity is, is again, that mythical creature where it's it just shows up at, uh, out of nowhere. And then we are asked to draw gra graffiti with, you know, with no experience or knowledge or input. But, you know, looking at what your friend were drawing or uh, what our competitor we're building, it gives that perspective and the beginning and the seeds for something. So, and then of course the goal and the directions in the company and say, we start here, let's work with that. A customer asks for this and the others are doing that and our data can do this. And let's move in this direction. We want to end up with something that provides value out there, but uh, we don't know yet. Uh, and don't worry, I'm not pointing anywhere for, for, for the listeners. listeners. <laughs> I, I, I tend to make that mistake. <laughs> I think the interesting thing that we're touching upon now is that I mean we started it this podcast with like naming it creativity versus reality, but I think mm. we're now at the stage where we could say, well, creativity is reality, basically. There is no versus. It just it springs from from the same, I guess. Yeah, I, I almost felt like we left reality at some point there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to let Gemma know that she needs to pick better uh, topic titles next time. <laughs> no, it's great. It's really yeah. exciting. It was a good, good Has start. anyone else got any other final thoughts or any other questions that they want to ask each other? Maybe if, if uh, as a, a last thought, I don't remember what's the exact phrase, neither do I remember who actually said it, but in terms of like creating stuff, it, I remember something like uh, it has to be like new in terms of nothing has uh, no, nothing uh, similar has been done before, but it has to be uh, like understandable to the people. So it has to resemble something already existing. So so the level of creativity has to like 
uh, with incremental steps mm. so that the vast majority of people will understand what it means because no i mean we, we can't just simply uh create something like a mathematical formula just put something something in in the mix it has to resemble something so there's there is in a sense like maybe creativity versus reality in in terms of you you need to create something that the vast majority understands and accepts so mm. it, it it can't be uh majorly different from the existing reality maybe in that sense it actually yeah. suits this podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the title could be "Creativity from Reality" instead. So we, yeah. you know, nice. we need to build from that. Yeah. Nice, lovely, and we'll leave the podcast there. Then this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Christian, Slava, and the editor for providing your insights into the topic and thank you to the listeners for listening as well if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts reach out to me on linkedin or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com see you next time